Welcome to Federal Insights for April, a spotlight on cloud, sponsored by JTech Data Solutions and Dell Technologies. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is John Myhock. He's the Director of Innovation and AI and Senior Architect at JTech Data Solutions. John, good to have you with us today. And let's begin right at the beginning here when people want to use the cloud as a source of backup and data protection as opposed to building a second data center, which agencies have done for all these years. There's got to be a better way that's less expensive and more efficient than that. Let's talk about the challenges of doing that and how you kind of set the groundwork for, for having a better strategy for backup and data protection. Uh, sure. So uh, one of the things we find is that, you know, the cloud is relatively new compared to other technologies. And I, and I think, like you mentioned, for years, the uh, government agencies have, have done it uh, the way of building a secondary data center. So this is kind of a new uh, paradigm of operating for, for a federal agency. Um, so that's kind of the first challenge is to introduce something new. It's not just a new technology, it's a new way of operating your, your whole enterprise. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it can be kind of scary because you're moving data possibly to a perceived uncontrolled environment that uh, you, you know government agencies are used to having complete control. Um, so you have to give up a little bit of that. <clears throat> um, and you're giving up not only control of where your data is, but control of how the systems are uh, completely. And that, that's kind of one of the, the kind of foundations of cloud is they do a lot of the stuff for you uh, where, you know, the government is used to doing a lot of that stuff for themselves. So I, I think those are some of the, the first challenges you're going to come across. And so would it be safe to say that agency should expect a different way of working with the data center if there's a backup there and the cloud? Because as you point out, a lot of the services that you would operate yourself are part of the cloud infrastructure, part of the service offering. And therefore, you'd have two different ways of dealing with the cloud versus your own data center. Uh, yes, that's true. So, yeah, I would say depending on what services in the cloud you're using, there's different levels of customer responsibility and cloud service provider responsibility, um, where, you know, you have a SaaS service, which is software as a service. Um, the cloud service provider is pretty much responsible for everything um, except for your data um, and how you use the application. And then you kind of go down the stack towards IaaS, which is infrastructure as a service. Um, where the customer is more responsible for deploying applications and locking down uh, servers, et cetera, where on the data center, you're always responsible for all of that. Yeah, so some groundwork then you really need to do to decide what it is you're going to do with respect to that cloud and the range of services potentially that you could take advantage of. Yeah, it's, it's really where do you want to come in at? Um, if, if you have, you know, a certain tolerance for, uh, not being flexible and you want to give up some of that to the cloud service provider, uh, you know, you, you gain ease of use, right? So you're, you're not tinkering around with configurations uh, where you might, uh, you know, in on-prem situations, you, you don't have to worry about that. It's kind of configured for you. Um, you know, we'll talk about what FedRAMP is later, but that, that's kind of a security, uh, you know, structure in place that you, you know, as a customer, you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's certified. You're, you're good to go. When you're on-prem, there's uh, security implications that you have to worry about, take care of on your own. And can JTEC help an agency maybe navigate through some kind of a checklist or a set of questions to ask in preparation yeah. to that migration? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it, the first step is talking to the your customer and saying, you know, what, what are you trying to achieve? What are your goals? Uh, you know, what, what this uh, we're, you know, talking in context of DR right now, wh what are your DR goals? Um, do you want something quick and easy that's scalable? Do you want something that's highly configurable? Um, yeah, there's, there's uh, you know, a million questions you can ask, but I think you got to get to the point where you have some good requirements and those requirements match up with those agencies goals that, you know, and, and in, it supports their mission. Um, so w once you have all that together, then you can kind of look and say, okay, where do we lie in the spectrum of, you know, at the top, do we want something that's software as a service, uh, you know, not configurable, everything's done for us, or are we, you know, more towards the bottom where we're configuring everything for ourselves. And maybe walk us through some of the use cases or some of the case histories you've seen of different strategies agencies might have. For example, do you start with a certain level of security or CUI type of data before moving up the security chain as a example for how you would start? Well, that is a, so security, again, you know, that's across everything, right? So if uh, you're DOD or a CI agency, you're restricted in what cloud regions you can go to uh, pretty much GovCloud if, you know, it's, you know, a certain uh, FedRAMP level. Uh, but if, if you're like a, a civilian agency, uh, your IL2, which is, you know, FedRAMP moderate, you have um, more options. So that, that's one thing, um, you know, so then once, once you look at that, you're saying, okay, I know what my security posture is. Uh, what what does my data look like? What kind of data am I trying to back up? Um, you know, there's been engagements where uh, the agency's like, we want our servers, you know, in the cloud. So that's kind of that's one one data set, right? You're talking about how I have a data, uh, I have a server on prem with data in it, but I also have the OS, et cetera, in there. How do I move that to the cloud? Because that's a different set of processes than just moving, like let's say, a file share back up to the cloud. Yeah, so the data set is one thing, but the server that would operate it, that's something else. And what yep. about the consideration of how likely you are to access that data? I mean, if it's DR and backup and kind of disaster failover, then you might not, you hope you wouldn't access it very often. And that's a cost consideration too, isn't it? The egress of the data. Yes, egress of the data. Well, there's there's different situations too. So for one, like a lot, a lot of agencies, they'll have, um, you know, let's take like a user shares or, or some kind of SIF share that serves up data. Uh, that, that's just, you know, typically uh, sitting on a NAS server. They want it backed up, right, in case the NAS server, you know, explodes or whatever. Um, but there's also other cases where, hey, Joe went in and accidentally deleted this file. How do we get this critical file back without doing a complete restore? And that goes to the point of your data egress. Do you want to pull down an entire directory and share, or do you want to pull down that one file? So that's a, you know, there's a cost, uh, uh, you know, difference there, a major one too. Uh, so so th those are the a couple of things you want to consider um, when you're deploying your strategy uh, to, to what you're protecting and, and, and how you're, you're protecting it in the cloud. We're speaking with John Myhock. He's Director of Innovation and AI and Senior Architect at JTEC Data Solutions. And let's talk about some of the strategies for actually going once you know what your parameters are, your, your, uh, FedRAMP level requirements and so forth. How do you actually do this and what kind of tool sets might be there to help? Okay, um, so first, you know, the, the, the first thing you need to know is your workload. 
um, what your enterprise looks like, what, what apps you have running. Uh, and, and most um, cloud service providers like Amazon and Azure, they have kind of a, a framework, right? Um, typically it's gonna be called like the 6R framework or um, similar. And it's really looking at, I have an app, do I, do I re-host it, re-platform it? Do I rebuild it? Um, you know, do I scrap it and go with a cloud native service? Uh, you know, and in case of DR, sometimes it's less flexible. But that, that's kind of like the, the first uh, step you go through and looking at, you know, how am I going to move this application to the cloud, whether it's permanently or DR, you kind of have to go through that. So are you looking at a lift and shift or are you looking at, hey, we have all this data. Why don't we take advantage of a cloud service uh, that, you know, is, again, we're, we're back to the, is it SaaS? Is it IaaS? Do we want scalability? Do we want flexibility? Uh, so the, that's uh, kind of the first step you go through to do an analysis of knowing your your workload. Um, I say step two is is do you have a cloud strategy in place? Are you going all cloud? Um, in case of DR, not so much. So it's going to be more maybe hybrid cloud. Um, and in that case, are you still running your uh, main applications, your primary applications? and your, your data centers, or are you splitting some of them up? Are, are you moving some to the cloud? Um, and, and with that, so that kind of develops your migration strategy uh, as it pertains to each application. Um, again, uh, security, that's an important factor in everything. So you're looking at how do I secure this application in the cloud? Because it's not always, um, you know, it's not always gonna be the same as what you're, you're seeing in your data center. Uh, and then, um, you know, What's your application's availability? So again, a lot of these cloud services, they, they have the availability and scalability baked in. Uh, so you don't even have to worry about that. It's kind of the easy button, right? Um, but if, if that just doesn't work for you, you know, you have to have your servers in, in, in the cloud. Okay, well, do we do a multi-region deployment? Do we do a multi-availability zone deployment? You know, are we deploying load balancers? These are things that are, you see them in, in on-prem data centers, but they're slightly different in the cloud, but they're still applicable. Yeah, so a question would be to evaluate the applications one by one in terms of what you need, should you need them. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're mission critical, they have to run 24 by seven and you can't have any downtime. Others, yeah. you know, if it fails at midnight, eight o'clock in the morning is fine to get it back up and running. Yeah, um, also, you know, the environment too, right? If it's like this great point, like you said, um, if it's something that supports developers and developers only work nine to five, you're not worrying about it um, at eight o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, this is one of the things in the cloud that you can take advantage of is if, if I'm not worried about it at nine o'clock at night, should it even be on? Do I have to pay for it, you know, when I'm not using it? Um, so those are new considerations you're not seeing in the data center. Yeah, so that's a real potential savings in, in that way, because if you own the facility, it's going to be on. Nobody turns their data center off and winds down all their servers. So it could be a, a potential savings just by virtue of having the flexibility of turning it off in the cloud. Yeah, well, I mean, you can turn your stuff off in a data center. You're just not going to save money, <laughs> right? right? So yeah. Some of the machines the government has, you may not be sure they're going to come up again either. Uh, you know that, yeah. Uh, so you, in the cloud, you, you you get that assurance that I can spin my you know nodes up and down, and I'm going to have a repeatable result uh, within this environment. So and what happens if you have a mission critical application that's one of those so-called legacy ones in older code 
that really don't run in the cloud? Is it, or you have to re-engineer them, as you said, or re-architect them or recode them or something like that, refactor them. Is it possible to simply store like a copy of it that has no runtime capability, but at least it's all preserved there that you could pull back down and put in normal hardware? You can you can store data in the cloud as long as there's a, you know a backup point like we're, we'll get in um, you know to data domain uh, a Dell product and and how it can back up to the cloud. So if you have something like that as an endpoint and it's replicating to the cloud, then yes, that data is stored in the cloud. Um, but like you said, if the code base isn't you know you can't run it in the cloud, then you have the data there at least. But you may have to do uh, some other type of uh, orchestration to get that you know, data back to a state where it can be run. And you mentioned a Dell tool set. What is that all about? And how does that fit into this whole picture? Uh, well, Dell does have a, a set of tools that are cloud enabled. Um, so you have a uh, data domain, which replicates to the cloud um, and is stored in, in cloud, uh, same with Avamar. Um, and they have a cloud orchestration tool, which will take um, VMware uh, virtual machines that are running on premises and convert them into, um, you know, it, well, if it's Amazon and Amazon AMI, if it's Azure, it's an Azure uh, instance. Uh, so either one, whatever you're running, um, I do believe they do Google. I focus more on Amazon and Azure uh, being in the federal space. But um, so yeah, it, you're you're talking about converting what the the state of the the OS like we talked about before, into something that can run into the in, in the cloud. Yeah, so a lot of uh, possible configurations and considerations here. Uh, yes. Uh, talk about, I guess this leads to a question I had about network addressable storage in the cloud, where to the network and to the application, the cloud just looks like a storage array or something. Is that a possible solution? And But your data is in the cloud, so it's safer than it is in the disaster-prone data center. Uh, it de really depends on the application. So in the cloud, they, they really have, you know, object storage platforms, which aren't your typical file-based um, hierarchy, like you it really, which is, you know, made to be human consumable. Um, object data stores are really a bunch of GUID, so it's not easy for a human to digest and kind of navigate where it's a lot easier for a machine to. And, and that's really how the, you know, the, like in Amazon, it's S3 and Azure, it's blob storage. Um, but those, those platforms, they have the resiliency baked in, the um, availability baked in and the performance baked in because they can scale out for you. Um, but it really depends on, you know, what you're using to access the data uh, because sometimes it's, that's not enough. You, you still may need a server to access the data, like a web server or you know, um, an application server. Uh, it's just not always available to be served. Um, so, yeah. so what are some strategies for making sure this is all going to work when you actually go live? I mean, I would think testing has gotta be a big part of the planning and, and uh, deployment process here. Yes. So, and we'll get, uh, Paymon will get into in our customer success story, but part of it is, you know, um, doing a full live DR test, um, not just when you deploy, but uh, semi-annually. So you keep up with it, right? So you're, you're, you're doing a full DR cutover, uh, spinning up in the cloud once or twice a year. Um, and then, uh, you know, also returning your running state back to your on-prem systems, because it's not, a, it's not a one-way street. So you have to be able to go out to the cloud, spin everything up, you know, 
test and verify you're running and then come back and say, okay, now we can come back and everything can spin up and run on-prem again as well. And speaking about the clouds, of course, the domestic cloud providers that are doing domestic work for the government or CONUS work, if you will, have more than one physical place where their cloud exists. They have their coast to coast. So yes. I'm wondering if maybe a strategy is to consider the cloud, the primary data center, if you will, because then you can have replicated and load balanced and performance enhanced instances across the country. Whereas when you're operating primarily out of a single data center, you've got all the latency and issues connected with network distances. So can you maybe reverse the whole paradigm and your data center is the backup, so to speak, and the cloud is your primary source of operation? I mean, you can. I would say, though, if you're already running in the cloud and you're adapted to it, uh, you should have a resilient infrastructure set up where your backup is still the cloud. Um, so, so in that, in that sense, you know, again, I was talking about like, you know, your app that's critical, it has 24 seven uptime. Did you do a multi availability zone deployment? Did you do a multi region deployment? Um, you know, in some instances, your DR really is, you know, you're not doing a recovery. You're just running because one region goes down, you have another region that's uh, still running and able to serve that data. And finally, just if you would review the main security thinking that has to happen here, because as I think you said earlier, you don't do anything nowadays as a federal agency without security foremost in mind. And every month seems to make that much more of an imperative. Um, yeah. So when we're talking about security, uh, again, you're, you know, what, what's your impact level? Are you, um, you know, IL2? Are you above IL2? And that dictates what regions are available to you. If you're IL2, you can go into a couple different commercial regions. Um, you know, Virginia, Northern Virginia East, uh, there's uh, West Coast, California, one in Ohio. Um, if you're above IL2, then you're in GovCloud. And that really just says that, you know, the, the infrastructure you're running on has been certified and is continuously monitored to be certified. So you don't have to worry about that um, as you move in, into the cloud. Um, you know, so uh, once you get into the cloud, you want to have a strong identity management foundation, um, which, which kind of centers on everything. And I, and I think a lot of, you know, traditionally, at least government agencies I've worked in and around, you, you know, have Active Directory, um, to, you know, and that's how they manage users, um, you know, and the cloud does provide services for Active Directory. So you can, you know, integrate into that if you need to. Um, so, but the, the gist of that is that, you know, who's doing what in your, your environment. Um, and, and that rings true, whether you're in the cloud or on-prem. Um, in the cloud traceability, uh, you know, you want to, you know, like in Amazon, you can, um, they have tools that, you know, you can, um, you know, monitor everything that's happening, um, not just for security, but also for, for cost optimization, right? Like you want to know, hey, why do I have um, dev servers running in the middle of the night? You can, you can, you can trace those kind of things. Um, and again, on-prem and in the cloud, you're going to probably have a SIM tool that monitors all security events. You're still going to need that. Um, I, I think uh, something in the cloud that, that you can have that traditional data centers may not have is more of a software-defined network that has a defense in depth model where not only are you have, you know, perimeter security, but you have kind of a micro segmentation model where you can have servers in the same 
availability zone and the same subnet that can't talk to each other because they're they're blocked. Um, and, and you really only want your your services and servers talking to other services and servers that they need to do the work. You know, you don't you don't want it free and open. Um, and you know, the last thing with all of that is to to automate your security to uh, make it repeatable and reproducible. We've been speaking with John Myhock, the Director of Innovation and AI and Senior Architect at JTech Data Solutions. Next, we'll be joined by Payman Parastaran. He's the Director of Innovation and Senior Architect at JTech Data Solutions. I'm Tom Temin. This is Federal Insights, Spotlight on Cloud, sponsored by JTech Data Solutions and Dell Technologies here on Federal News Network. Modernize, automate, and transform your agency's IT operations with JTech Data Solutions. We modernize IT infrastructure with a cloud-smart approach, validate and instrument cybersecurity to optimize threat protection, and utilize intelligent automation to remove repeatable tasks, driving efficiency and reducing errors across the workforce. JTech continues to pivot amidst the pandemic, ensuring critical systems are supported, allowing federal agencies to stay focused on their mission, achieve a limitless digital transformation. Visit JTechDS.com. Welcome back to Federal Insights, Spotlight on Cloud, sponsored by JTech Data Solutions and Dell Technologies here on Federal News Network. Joining us now is Payman Parastaran, the Director of Innovation and Senior Architect at JTech Data Solutions. Payman, good to have you with us. Thank you, Tom. Good to be here. And we've been talking about the whole idea of data protection and disaster recovery in the cloud usage context. And you have a good case history of an agency that was successful in doing that. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, recently we worked with one uh, federal agency. Um, they're kind of a medium size, but they had uh, really no footprint in the cloud as of yet. and they had a specific uh, requirement for providing disaster recovery and continuity of operations. Um, and they wanted to leverage the cloud given that they didn't have a second uh, DR site uh, and they didn't have really the budget, the, the, the financial backing to set up a new data center uh, and invest in new infrastructure. And, uh, and it seemed like cloud would be a good uh, fit for this specific use case, we went and did some discovery. Um, and in a cons consultative fashion, we um, put together their requirements. They, you know, again, they wanted to leverage the cloud. They wanted to have active DR. Um, they wanted to eliminate the tape infrastructure that they had. They were still cutting tapes, sending these to a um, uh, to an offsite uh, location. They're paying for this service. Um, and they wanted to be able to, you know, once they have that DR capability, um, they wanted to be able to easily verify um, that their DR coup plans were working and, and pass audits as needed um, so that it can demonstrate to, to their leadership um, that, that the capabilities um, that, the, they, that we had promised them uh, are there and they can take advantage of in case of a true disaster, right? So they were not uh, backing up at all, or they were just backing up to tape servers somewhere. Didn't they were backing up locally to the to the to the on-premise uh, data center. So uh, you know, when you have your backup data in the same location, if you have a disaster, you're not going to be able to leverage that uh, for recovery purposes. And the tapes that they were cutting, they were sending to an offsite. But uh, as you know, if you're trying to recover from tape, that could take months. You know, and who knows if those tapes are still you know, good, uh, they, you might not be able to recover everything from those tapes. 
Sure. And I'm, I'm surprised you can even buy the tapes themselves anymore, <laughs> much yeah. less keep the drives going. <laughs> Give us a sense of the scope of the data that they had and how critical it was and what, say, some of the applications were that they were backing up. Yeah. So we work with them to determine what their critical workloads were, you know, because um, not everything necessarily needed to have this active DR capability. So we identified uh, the VMs, the, the server applications, and, and they, you know, uh, they range from your standard domain controllers and, and file and print servers um, uh, to specific applications that they were running database, databases, Microsoft SQL, um, some robotic process automation tools that they had, um, you know, various applications. Um, and once we determined what was important to them, you know, those were the um, those were the VMs that we started replicating to the cloud. And we we leveraged um, Dell EMC's cloud disaster recovery software, which makes it pretty easy uh, to take VMs that are in a VMware uh, infrastructure and copy those bits over to object storage in one of the public clouds. You know, and that could be AWS, that could be Azure. Um, uh, but the beauty of that software is that those bits that are transferred, it's it's really just the dedupe data. So it's just the unique bits. So we, we can take, you know, 10 terabytes of, of data that needs to be protected and reduce it down to a few terabytes that we're actually storing in the cloud. So the economics of it is is pretty compelling. Yeah, so that prevents buildup of too many backup related data sets in the cloud too. That's, yeah, that's that's right. Because we're, we're constantly deduping any, uh, any data that gets sent up there. So only the on, only what's really true and uh, new and unique is is stored. So that sounds like it would then simplify the whole issue of obtaining backups because you wouldn't have to sift through whatever it is you need and also improve your recovery time. Yeah. so uh, to that to that idea, I mean the recovery time if you're if you're rehydrating your production VMs from dedupe data, it does take a bit longer. but, um, again, depending on how fast you want to recover, what your uh, RTOs are, your recovery time objectives are, we can tweak that. So we can we can make it so that the, mo the most critical VMs that you need to recover very quickly, um, we have what are called rapid recovery images. So so there is that dedupe store of the data, but we also have a rehydrated, constituted. Um, a native cloud VM that's ready to go if you need it. So when you click on that, you know, button and say, I need to fail over, um, that's available to you and can come up in minutes. Yeah, that was my question then. That backup site can be used as a failover operational site if need be, right. but that you hope to avoid that, but it can either recover at your main center or you can operate from that cloud recovery center. That's right. And so if you did have a true disaster where you're, um, data center, you know, went up in flames. You can recover operations, run in the cloud, and the way we did it for this customer, we made sure that their users can connect into the cloud and still access their applications. If, in the case of a disaster, now once once um, the disaster is over, uh, it's also a simple, essentially one or two clicks to come back to the on-premise data center. So we can move those workloads back to where they were uh, and not have to keep incurring uh, cloud you know, uh, charges. Got it. All right, good example of what is possible in this whole world. 
And that concludes our show today. I want to thank both guests. John Myhock is Director of Innovation and AI and Senior Architect at JTEC Data Solutions. And Payman Parastarin is the Director of Innovation and Senior Architect at JTEC Data Solutions. I'm Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search cloud. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for April, a spotlight on cloud, sponsored by JTEC Data Solutions and Dell Technologies on Federal News Network.